Well, good day, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on MTBA's first podcast, Life Off Road. And we're very excited to have our first guest here in Adelaide is Ben Truen. Ben, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. Um, now. In Adelaide, there's there's something very special that, that you're here to talk about today, Churchill Fellowship. Uh, I believe it's heralded from um, the great uh, old Winston Churchill. Yes, yep. So it's it's quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was a, uh, an amazing opportunity. And uh, um, the Churchill Trust uh, was established uh, when Winston Churchill passed and as a way of giving Australians an opportunity to travel abroad and follow their passions. And um, I was really lucky... Um, well, what does Winston Churchill have to do with mountain biking? Well, so a, yeah. this is where you come in, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, you know, if, you, if you see the statue that I saw in London, I'm not sure a whole lot to do with mountain biking, but I may be wrong. Um, but, no, for me, uh, I was really lucky to receive uh, a scholarship under the fellowship program, and that scholarship um, was in it. Uh, the name of Terry Lavender, which a lot of people um, from the outdoors community here in South Australia would know. Terry built the Heisen Trail, um, amongst many other trails, and um, was an advocate not just for walking but outdoor recreation in general. And um, yeah, it was an absolute honour. Terry was a, uh, and is still a, very much a, an outdoors hero of mine. Um, I never got to meet Terry, but has read his books and um, through this opportunity was really lucky to meet and have a couple of coffees with his wife Anne. Um, and that's been a phenomenal opportunity for me. Um, so, yeah, a, a huge privilege um, to have the opportunity to travel abroad and um, spend eight weeks um, across New Zealand, Canada, uh, the United States, through the UK, and then finished up actually at the, um, at the UCI World Cup in Lenzerheide in Switzerland, which was a um, yeah, phenomenal experience. And, um, yeah, really grateful to the Churchill Trust for the opportunity, for sure. Just looking at your Instagram, and I love yep. your fun facts, 60 days, <laughs> seven countries, 72 organisations, 14 airports. But the big thing is um, 445 kilometres of trails walked and ridden, 1,307,030 steps taken, six crashes and injuries, um, minus four uh, at Talpo, Chalpo in New Zealand and the hottest 47 degrees at Hoover Dam, USA. Yes. Can you, can you talk us through some of those stats? Because they're, they're uh, yeah. quite fun, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it was um, not, not endorsed at all, but a big shout-out to Garmin for keeping all that together for me. Um, uh, look, uh, I was so lucky to spend a lot of time on not my bike but a lot of different hired bikes. And um, I think, you know, from some really iconic places like uh, Whistler um, to the bike park in Wales to, you know, riding through Lenzerheide, you know, whether um, in and around the World Cups, um, to also just, you know, getting the opportunity to get on some amazing trails like um, the Lake Tahoe Rim Trail um, in California, which is, you know, for me now, probably one of the best shared trails that I've seen. And um, what, what really, I think, for me in all of that, um, probably what, and stats are hard to capture, but um, what made... Uh, I guess the most impact on me though were the people that got to meet along the way. So I think it was 72 organisations there and um, in terms of actual individual people there was a bit higher than that. Um, but yeah, just such a just such a pleasure to meet so many amazing outdoors people. Um, you know, so many to name but you know, a couple that stand out um, from, even from a mountain biking perspective uh, trail builder over in um, uh, over in the United States, Tony Boone, um, who's been a, a bit of a friend of Australia, I guess, for some time, and 
um, had the opportunity to spend some time with him, um, which was just, yeah, an, an amazing ex experience to learn from just a guru, really. And um, that's, I guess, yeah, the things that the, the stats don't capture, but certainly meant a lot. But, um, yeah, it's some interesting times. I, uh, it's, I, I relate now with people that come to Australia and they see or they have this perception of snakes. And I think a lot of the time it probably comes down to just the unknown and they get on a trail and next thing you know they're confronted by the snake and they have no idea what to do. And I found myself in a bit of a similar situation over in Whistler, uh, coming down one of the trails there and um, have just come swinging around one of the berms and next thing you know, a black bear just standing 15 minutes, metres in front of me. A bit and bigger than a snake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at that point you're kind of like, now what do I do again? And, and um, that was certainly not an experience that I was probably anticipating and um, thankfully... Uh, I guess, you know, that not many people have seen the GoPro footage because it's not exactly G-rated. But, um, yeah, that was certainly looking back on it now and knowing that I'm still here and all my arms and legs still attached that, um, yeah, really cool experience, actually. So. How did how did everyone overseas take to, to what you were doing with the, the Churchill Fellowship? Yeah, yeah look, um, for the most part, they were they were great, to be honest, and, and that probably blew me away. Um, I'd, like... 99% of the people that I'd organised to meet with um, followed through on their word and, and met with me. Um, uh, and then on top of that, uh, they not only met with me, but were really quite passionately engaged in what we we're doing. And I think for me, that again, just reinforces, uh, I guess, the value firstly of that uh, opportunity to build relationship and to, um, to learn and to share with each other. Um, and that's certainly something that I've really tried to value more than anything anything uh, especially since coming home is to to keep those relationships alive and in that respect um but i think secondly as well like it's also about uh, i wouldn't say necessarily novelty is the right word but um it's probably not every day that they get some guy from australia on their doorstep and probably the the intrigue of it all is a bit um probably fascinating for them as it was for me and um but yeah you know i think that's from probably one of the great opportunities or one of the great um, benefits or strengths of, of the outdoors and, and the outdoors community is that um, we do tend to relate well. Um, we, we do tend to, I guess, share and, and interact and spend time with each other. And, and, and as I said before, like, you know, a lot of these opportunities, like, you know, that time with Tony um, Boone in America, for instance, was not in a meeting room or it wasn't sort of in a boardroom, but it was out, in fact, on a trail that hadn't even been built yet. And um, we were we were looking at a, a trail just outside of Boulder in Colorado that he was walking me through the process of what he does in terms of bringing a, a trail to life. So, um, yeah, that, that were um, the great opportunities and, and, and so grateful to everyone. You know, the hosp hospitality... Um, you know, it was just amazing. People, you know, just so generous with their, not only their time but resources and, and uh, meals and food and everything. So, yeah, it was great. What what can Australia adopt or what, from your learnings over yeah. there? What can we take from, from, you know, when you perhaps go talk to, to trail builders at Australia or, you know, uh, offer some advice? What what have you learned that will be yeah. practically and put in practice here? For sure, for sure. Uh Still, still working out how to say this in a way that I guess doesn't set a few people off, but um, I think we're incredibly lucky, firstly, here in Australia, and that's something that I really took an appreciation for. Um, we have, for the most part, um, I guess what I felt was that a government, uh, especially here in South Australia, like a government that's quite active um, when it comes to trails on, on public land, 
um, you know, that I think we have an abundance of trials here in Adelaide. I think that the government's doing a lot to continue to increase those trials. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a bit of a, I guess, a little bit of an attitude that uh, maybe we uh, expect that um, or maybe uh, we feel a little entitled to that, which is, in one, on one hand, reasonable. Um, you know, that we pay our taxes and uh, we, you know, we expect sort of those things in return. But what I, I guess, to try and sort of shift the thinking on that, what I guess I saw was uh, in situations where the government wasn't coming to the party in that respect or where the government wasn't putting the money behind those projects, what it did was almost force the community to come alive. Um, and when that happened, um, what you saw was some amazing just... Uh, I guess, growth within a whole diversity of people. Um, the one that really stood out for me, and it was really early on in the trip, but actually being in um, Lake Taupo in, uh, in New Zealand, and um, in the town of Taupo, there's a, an organisation that was started about 18 years ago called Bike Taupo, and um, it was started by um, uh, a, a man, basically, that uh, really was... I guess wanting to ride his bike more than anything. And the way that I understood it was that, you know, at the time he wasn't too confident that the council would build trails. And so instead of going to the council and asking them to build trails, he basically just went and said, um, can I build trails? And, you know, can I start that process? And um, if I remember correctly, um, uh, the, the infrastructure now is over like 250 kilometres of trail in and around Taupo and, and Lake Taupo itself. Uh, nearly $3 million in assets, car parks, toilet blocks, bike parks. Um, yeah, but more than anything, a really thriving, functioning um, bike community. Um, and I, what that really came from was it was not a reliance on government or reliance on funding, but just a community that got together and said, hey, we, we really we value this. We want to do something about it. We want to take ownership and responsibility. We want to share this with our community and, and build a culture that... Uh, allows for this town to really thrive on the back of, of not just mountain biking but biking in general and um, yeah and so that was really I think the more I went along the more that I saw that um, you know and that that sense of um, people taking action and really feeling that uh, I guess deep sense of ownership over trail because it was a trail that they have built themselves or it's a trail that they have taken responsibility to maintain themselves uh, the onset effect of that was you know, that it brings more people together and it brings more accountability and, uh, I guess, more opportunities, which was, yeah, which was really cool. In, um, I guess it always sort of talking of shared trails, there, there always seems to be some sort of conflict yes. to a small degree between trail users and shared multi-use trail networks. Was there the same issue in those countries that you visited? Are, are we not alone in that respect? Yeah, look, definitely not alone. I, I think... Um, uh, I guess one of the reflections on the trip, and obviously look, eight weeks is in, in one hand a long time, and at the other hand it's quite a short time. Um, and I guess I was quite aware of trying not to let the glamour of the trip sort of overshadow the realities in that respect. Um, but I do think, um, I do think on the most part, we're, we're certainly not alone, but I think our challenges are far more significant than other countries. Why is that? Uh, I think fundamentally it comes down to uh, I guess that, what I was saying earlier, that sense of relationship, um, that uh, we, from, I guess from my perspective, we operate quite, uh, I guess, in a bit of a, 
uh, an independent mentality that um, you know, our, our walkers are quite you know, separate in many respects to our, our bike riders who are then quite separate to our, our horse riders and other trail users for that matter. Um, and as a result of that, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. Uh, there's a lot of, I guess, uh, unknowns or assumptions, or a lot of those. Um, and that's not to say that you know, it's malicious or it's, it's, uh, you know, people are trying to be, um, I guess, you know, bring each other down. I think it's just a case of um, all those you know, organisations or peak bodies or, or local clubs or whatever that might be having the capacity to, to spend time with one another. Um, but that was where... Um, you know, one thing that really stood out to me, a big difference, was right across sort of North America and even into Canada, um, what you didn't see so much were in, in communities, you didn't see necessarily like a, a mountain biking club or a, a walking club, but what you actually saw was a, a trails club, you know, that celebrated sort of the, the diversity and the beauty of them all and, um, and then, you know, laid a really strong foundation and platform for those people to then be able to get out on trails and to respect each other's interests and, and their desires or um, you know what they wanted to get out of their own experiences um, but there were also like a little a lot of little things like one of the things I noticed especially on shared trails which um, you know there's a lot of work that went in behind the scenes before you got to that that point of being on the trails so a lot of work in regards to education and then even on the trail itself um, a lot of really positive signage so it wasn't a case of you know uh, you can't be here or do not ride or, you know, bike's not welcome or horse is not welcome or whatever that was. It was just a case of saying, you know, don't forget to listen out for the bell or, you know, um, or, you know, remember, um, you know, we all, we all love being on the trail together or just those really positive messages. So as people sort of made their way along those trails, it was just jogging the memory in terms of the opportunities that are presented for everyone. And that's, for me, the real value of shared trails is, that it, it pre presents an opportunity for people of all backgrounds and diversities and skill levels to go out and enjoy the outdoors together uh, and hopefully better still uh, have the chance to learn about each other you know for a, a, a walker as they along a trail to you know engage with some mountain bikers and maybe that might be the, the encouragement or the inspiration that um, they don't know that they need or they want to get on a bike and likewise you know, with horses and everyone else, like, you know, can go in either direction. Do you think certain groups need to perhaps learn and respect, say, uh, there always seems to be some issues in regards to mountain bike trails only? Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of, you know, problems with that. There's either motorbikes or, yes, horses yeah, are seen sure. going down there. Do you think other, other groups really do need to uh, respect if something is particularly for one particular use? Yeah, look, I think, I think yeah, like... Generally, again, as outdoors people, um, I'd like to think that we are very respectful people. Um, I think the reason that brings us outdoors is because uh, of a level of respect, you know, that um, a respect for ourselves to, to take us into opportunities that we can go outdoors and a respect for the environment around us because we understand what it not only offers us but the community. And um, I, I think, I genuinely think what it is, from my perspective, it's, it's, um, it comes back to more just understanding um, and I think if we can generate that understanding that the respect will follow um, um, yeah I definitely like I guess I worry because there is there is a need for all types of trials there you know there is a need from a mountain biking sp perspective to have um, single you know use specific 
mountain bike trails. Um, likewise for horses, you know, that horse riders deserve the opportunity to have trails where they can just ride their horse, especially if they're a beginner or they're new on a, you know, it's a new horse that they can, you know, that they don't have to worry about, you know, a cyclist coming past or walkers sort of creeping up on them. Or Spooking what, the horse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and likewise for walkers, like walkers deserve that opportunity to just walk, you know, to, to have that peace and tranquility that they desire, and uh, or at least many of them do, and you know, to not also have to be concerned about, you know, um, or thinking about where maybe a bike may or may not come from, or you know, a horse. Um, but I think, yeah, look, I think, I think the respect more so is um, respecting that uh, understanding each other can have great significance, and that was for me, um, look, you know, something that I really took away. Uh, especially from being in both New Zealand and Canada, was that um, I think they they've gathered a, enough value to recognise the importance of that understanding. Like I, I just found myself in numerous situations where we were looking at or um, discussing shared trails, and sort of I'd bring up sort of say, oh, how do you overcome that issue? You know, how do you overcome you know these users being on this trail together, but then you've got just the single use, and how does that stay single use or whatever? And I think a lot of the time they just yeah, you know, well, I didn't think that it was that they looked at me a lot and just sort of said it's it's not an issue. Like it's we've because I what I now think is yeah that they've just been able to have those conversations prior to that point to say the outdoors is a place for everyone um, and we all have a space and we all have a place here um, and what what it requires is us to um, understand each other as you're saying so that you know we naturally we'll just respect each other yeah was there anything that um the crew overseas were, were shocked to learn about from from australia or was like oh hang on that's yeah. that's a bit odd oh look, definitely jealous as i said definitely jealous that our government put so much money into trials like you know and i likewise i was shocked to be in a place like yosemite national park for instance in the united states one of you know el cap from a completely different outdoor recreation but a, a climbing point of view but um, you know, such a, a well-known place in you know in the, in the global landscape of outdoor public land. Um, uh, but I was shocked to learn that you know Yosemite basically is receiving so very little government funding that you know that that national park is actually in many respects being kept alive by the Yosemite you know conservancy and, and the, the many many people that you know donate to that national park or donate to the conservancy who they entrust to look after that, you know, that national park. And, you know, and then I think about, you know, yeah, sort of you know, how lucky we are here that, you know, even here in South Australia in the last year alone, like the amount of trails that our government has put in for, uh, for people and, uh, you know, for walkers and for horses and for, for mountain bikers. Now, yeah, absolutely, we could say that we can always do it better, right? Like, and we can always do it differently or, you know, everyone's always going to have their opinion. But that was, that was the big one. I think the second... Uh, I think the second big shock um, that a lot of people had was just in regards to, yeah, like our actual shared trail issues. You know, <laughs> that, um, you know, when we were sort of having that conversation, it was often a bit of a, a dialogue, I guess, to try and actually work out what really the issue was because what I was sort of thinking the issue or sh- sharing the issue was was so very different to theirs. Um, their, their shared, like, uh, I say they, and very much reflective of almost, you know, um, every country that I went to, but when we talk shared trail, or as a lot of the times they would refer to as multi-use trail, is more how do the non-motorised, um, I guess, coexist with the motorised in that respect. So, 
um, which I don't think is as much an issue for us here at home. Um, definitely, you know, it is a challenge, but um, we've got, you know, issues or challenges probably more so um, just within our non-motorised community mm. alone. So, yeah, that one... Um, but, um, you know, look, I think uh, the only other thing that probably would come to mind is just um, a bit separate to that, but probably just the shock of probably from my side, I think, if anything, of every country you're going to, uh, I wasn't probably expecting to spend so much time or energy uh, trying to wrap my head around how their uh, government works um, and how important that was to then understanding public land in that respect, mm. um, you know, still trying to get my head around even you know in the England or you know the UK more broadly like that the concept of national park is so foreign not well, not foreign but it's so different to what we know because um, there's so very little public land that national parks are kind of this culmination of all this different private land that's kind of come together and but then it's all managed independently and you know all these sort of weird and wonderful little sounds like a, a red tape nightmare doesn't yeah, it but then at the same yeah. time you know that the UK has such a great history of sort of uh, the right to roam that you know that there's trails and paths everywhere um, because of you know, that I guess, you know, historical law, a historical understanding that basically meant that people could just walk through properties and, you know, um, yeah, when, you know, reading Terry Lavender's book, for instance, when he built the Heisen Trail, that um, amazing book, but it's it's not a, a lot about trail buildings per se, it is about how he managed every relationship with every landowner and, and trying to get, negotiate that. So, yeah, that was just an interesting one for me, I guess. Well, what's next for you, Ben? Well, yeah. Where does this... this take you uh, you know as you said it was great the, the glamour of it that's mm. fine but but there's really got to be something behind it yeah. so what do you do next yeah for, look, for me that I guess the the personal motivator behind it was um, being a I'd like to think still a young person that under 30 myself and um, I guess you know wanting to ensure that you know more and more young people right across Australia had opportunities to engage in outdoor recreational opportunities um, and uh, further to that, especially um, opportunities for young people that may be marginalised or vulnerable, um, because um, what I also learned, uh, or no, I probably wouldn't say I learned, but what was definitely reinforced along the journey was um, that the outdoors offer so much to so many people, um, and that's right across, you know, from mental to social and physical and um, emotional health to, you know, uh, the opportunities that it presents in terms of community and friendships and relationships to... Uh, career and employment opportunities, uh, you know, the list goes on. And um, So the future, I guess what I hope is that, uh, I guess can, can continue uh, for me to create opportunities that allow for young people specifically, but, but for all people definitely, um, to engage in the outdoors and, and to engage in outdoor opportunities, to, you know, trails and spaces. Um, what that looks like, I think, is can be so broad. Um, but that's one of the great things about it, I think, you know, that we're seeing more and more that nature tourism um, is taking such a hold in terms of the tourism landscape, you know, that we're seeing more and more people now that are looking for opportunities to go on outdoor adventures or expeditions. Uh, we're looking more and more for opportunities for young people to uh, find employment or to, I guess, develop their enterprise or entrepreneurial skills. Um, and I think, again, the outdoors presents some amazing opportunities on that front. Um, so I think, yeah, looking at all those, um, you know, all of those opportunities, as I said, uh, yeah, from a personal point of view, definitely um, very passionate about young people, but for all people. And 
that's also to say that you know everyone I think has a role to play with young people as well that um, you know I'm forever grateful that my outdoor experiences um, was started um, with you know the influence or the I guess the the mentorship of people much older than me um, you know way back to participating in a very ridiculous 100 kilometer bike ride with my uncle through the hills that neither of I neither he or I actually probably really prepared for and we were there mainly for the good food on offer but um uh you know for me as a person it, it like I, I feel like the offer uh, the outdoors has offered me so much um and if there's an opportunity to keep you know giving back um definitely um you know I think there's a lot of work and you know I'm really grateful that uh, we've got a government here in South Australia at the moment that is quite active in, in, uh, I guess the trails space. Um, you know they're they're looking to activate a national park just, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes from the Adelaide CBD, and so there's you know, some great opportunities available to all people to, you know, as I said, engage in the outdoors and, and to really benefit from that, and where I can play a role and and help facilitating and providing sort of. Yeah, the evidence and the opportunities behind that. Yeah, really excited. Yeah, well, I think um, I think everyone would agree that um, what we take away from our chat is, is respect and relationship and and just valuing what we really have here sure. in in not just South Australia, which we've been lucky enough to be on uh, some of the trails yeah. um, here this past few days, but um, just across the country. And I hope we we don't take it uh, for granted, no. and um, that everyone is respectful and when when out on the trails. I think that's a big winner and, and being inclusive of of whatever you do on the trails just to enjoy. Yeah, I, th- I think oh, look, I think the, the one thing that I've really come to learn and appreciate as well is that the outdoors can be so relevant and applicable just to our everyday lives. And you, you mentioned there that, you know, again, had the, had the opportunity to meet with a team from Leave No Trace in America and, um, you know, it just was so evident to me that, you know, a lot of the principles, that, you know, the seven principles that they uh, have set out, um, you know, are not just principles for the outdoors but almost principles for life in mm. that respect and, um, you know, and again, I think that's where um, you know, the outdoors can be such a, a pivotal place for so many people, not just because it, it benefits them in, in that particular place or in that particular trail, but just in life more broadly, for sure. All right, Ben, thank you very much for being part of our first um, MTBA Life Off-Road. And, and uh, I guess uh, live your life off-road is our slogan, so ride on, walk on. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Much appreciated.